Drawn Out, a podcast about Disney animated film. I'm your host, Brooke. I'm your other host, Chase. And I'm your third host, Donica. <laughs> yeah. You didn't actually. You're gonna have to Donald me! Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, but you're kind of a third host. Yeah, this you- is your third time on the podcast. <sighs> and last time it was as a guest host, so. That's true. This is true. You're one of us. <laughs> That's all you ever want to hear from your favorite podcast. <laughs> are, are we actually friends? <laughs> it's not the meme of the kid eating ice cream with the poster board. <laughs> it is a little bit, though. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, even when I, like, listen back to our episodes, it's, like, the same thing. Of like, like, I feel that friendship thing, but I'm not really there, mm-hmm. even though it's me on the recording. <laughs> yeah. But I'm always like, I've noticed things and be like, oh, I should talk to Chase and Bork about that later. And then I forget. Because, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we're really happy to have you again. I'm smiling ridiculously. Friends at home. (laughs) (laughs) Donica's here to do our feature with us today. Mm -hmm. Um, We're very determined to have a guest for like all of the 90s because... We're all 90s babies, so it's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. It'll be a great time. Uh, but first, before we do our feature, we watched a short today. Mm-hmm. We did. Yep. One none of us had seen before. We watched Float, which is on Disney+, Plus because I have that. Brooke is the only one of us that has it, and yeah. we're recording at Brooke's, so guess what? We watched Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Are we going to go watch Disney+, Plus when we're done recording? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only true. seen this first season of DuckTales, so... Yeah, we could watch season two of DuckTales. Oh we gosh. could watch Lady and the Tramp. Oh, gosh. We could watch Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. We could watch all the other shorts that premiere with Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one was Float. This one was Float. <laughs> We did specifically watch one thing that we are going <laughs> right to now. talk about. Uh, so we watched Float, which is um, part of the new Disney Plus shorts um, mm-hmm. that have premiered with the show, with the channel, I guess you call it. Streaming service. Mm-hmm. Service, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, I think people want to start calling them channels, but I don't want to give them that. It's fair. <laughs> they shouldn't get that. Yeah. Anyway, so with, with Disney service. Plus, Float premiered. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is... 2019 mm-hmm. short. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's good. <laughs> I would recommend if yeah. you have access. <laughs> Our main characters are Filipino-American. Uh-huh. So it becomes the first Disney short to feature Filipino-American characters. Mm-hmm. It's a story about a father and a son, and the dad discovers his son has, like, magic powers. Yeah, he can float. Yeah, his son can float, which is... Real cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His hair gets, like, he's got a bowl cut that goes all floofy while <laughs> yeah. he's doing it. It's really cute, but then people look at them funny, so they, like, hide it. He seems, like, very reactive in his mm-hmm. hiding his son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I literally took a note that says, let's talk about shame, everyone. <laughs> because literally, he's like, whoa, my son is flying, and he, like, doesn't try and stop him until... Another family comes by, and another family sees it, and they, like, look at him and whisper. And so he's like, oh, this is a shameful thing that I should hide, because people are scared of it or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, And then, so it's like, okay, they have, like, a system afterwards, like, it kind of cuts to when the boy's a little bit older. It's like, he's trying to float around. It's like, no, we got to put on your jacket so people won't see your hair go floofy. We'll put rocks in your backpack. Um, Keep him weighted down. That's mm-hmm. actually, like, that's so 
I don't know, that, like, really struck me when he, like, stuck the rock in the backpack, and I just, like, he takes the blue crayon out of the kid's hand that he's been using color on the ceiling, mm-hmm. and then he puts on the kid's backpack and drops a rock in it from a pile of rocks, and I just, like, that made me so sad. Yeah. Especially considering that the whole thing is a metaphor for autism. Yeah. Yeah, which I, like, did not get until the end, mm-hmm. but then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, because there's just this, um... It's an epigraph at the end. Like a a dedication. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that says that it's dedicated to Mm -hmm. his, or the artist. Yeah, the director's son. Yeah, Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is about autism. (laughs) There's a quote from him where he says that he was talking to his wife. He's like, I didn't, like, he didn't know how to deal with having an autistic son. Mm -hmm. And his wife was like, well, you're an artist. Make a comic about it. And that was kind of, like, the origin story of the short, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so the kid who can float, he is different and unique from other kids and doesn't interact with the world the same Mm -hmm. way that they do. Yeah. Um, Which actually kind of made, like, him floating really a cool metaphor for autism. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I read a book that was an interview with a young man who has autism um, and he is mostly nonverbal and kind of communicates through a keyboard. And this is a really, really interesting book. Um, so it's him in his own words, but it is an interview. Um, so there's like a journalist who has mm-hmm. asked some questions and stuff. And he talked about how he sometimes feels like he is going to fly away mm-hmm. or like his body isn't fitting right, which I thought was so interesting. Like already I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. And then to see this as like, the kid floating mm-hmm. as a metaphor for autism was really cool. I should look up the author of that book, the kid's name. He has a book now as an adult, too. But he did the interview when he was 13. Did the did his adult book just come out? Recently, yeah. Is it funny you don't look autistic? No, okay. it's not. He's Japanese. Oh, okay. Um, no, this was by a white guy. I think his adult book is like called something like Stand Seven Times or mm-hmm. like Fall Seven Times or something like that. Anyway, the- our library has a new book yeah. featured in the front of our library that says, funny, you don't look autistic. That's I think it's cool. a stand-up comedian who is mm. on the autism spectrum. Um, anyway, I was just thinking about how, especially autism... Naoki Higashida? That sounds right. What's the book called? It's fa- Fall Down Seven Times, Get Up Eight, A Young Man's Voice from the Silence of Autism. Yeah, so after the book came out when he was 13, he had a blog for a while, and then he published this one as an adult. I can't remember what the book... The Reason I Jump. Yes. That's exactly what it is. The Reason I Jump. It's a very, very beautiful book. Um, I highly recommend it. It was, like, one of the first things I read mm-hmm. when I got a library card. <laughs> nice. So, anyway. Um, read more books by autistic authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, do that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, the grand finale of the short. They go to the park. Mm-hmm. And he's weighed his son's bag down with rocks. And his son wants to play in the park, but he's afraid to let his son play with other kids because he's different. Mm-hmm. Um, his son gets away anyway, <laughs> yeah. in the park. Yeah, because it's just a backpack that yeah. he takes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and so the son has escaped from his little leash backpack <laughs> that has been right, weighted down with rocks. And then he's, like, flying around. He's, like, flying next to the kid on the swing, next to the kid on the slide. Mm-hmm. And then dad is just upset because mm-hmm. everyone's, the parents are just like, what is happening? Like, this isn't supposed to be happening. And they look scared and nervous. Mm-hmm. And so he grabs him and he's 
pulling him out and he and the the kid starts a crying fit um as he's getting pulled out and still floating like he's not walking like dad's pulling him away by his hood while he's floating throwing a tantrum um and then the only spoken line Mm -hmm. in the whole short everything else is music is why can't you just be normal Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it may be the first spoken line, really, in a Pixar short. Because mm-hmm. um, we don't often get dialogue in Pixar shorts. Yeah, they're usually very Bounden had a visual. lot. Which one? Bounden. The, the one with the jackalope from, like, yeah, that came out with, like, Incredibles. I don't I remember that one. There's I a s- saw Incredibles. Song with lyrics. and Oh, yeah, narration, too. Mm-hmm. There's narration oh, in that mind. one, then. Yeah. We don't often get dialogue. Yes, it's, um, it's a thing of Pixar shorts to mm-hmm. be very mm-hmm. music and visual mm-hmm. based yes, to yes. tell the whole story, mm-hmm. um, which made this line more powerful. Really, yeah. yeah, because you get like we're used to that pattern yeah. of here it is. Here's like we we're used to the Pixar formula, and yeah. so for it to break at that moment with that line mm-hmm. was just so powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this kid stops floating and is crying, and then he feels bad. Yeah, and realizes, mm-hmm. like, just like everyone is filled with shame at that point. Dad is yeah. ashamed of what he said. Mm-hmm. You know, parents are looking and shaming the dad's parenting. Yeah. And, um, when they should be ashamed they, of how they reacted to him, too. I, you know, like, I feel like that's hard to mm-hmm. get into the facets of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a short... <laughs> But, and then the kid, of course, feels shamed for being the way he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then dad realizes that he messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he takes his son and he's holding him like like a little infant, just mm-hmm. like cradling his head, mm-hmm. just like holding him like, not like you would a kid of that age. Mm-hmm. Like normally you right. have him on your hip. Like this is like holding mm-hmm. him like a tiny baby. Mm-hmm. And he has him in his lap and he sits on the swing and he starts to swing with him and the kid feels the wind in his hair and he like Mm. perks up and he like like lifts his head and then he floats off the swing with his dad and his dad swings up to him and he floats off and dad jumps off the swing and it's just it's so happy and fun Mm. and he's flying above his dad with his arms out and dad's running around below him with his arms out Mm -hmm. and it was so precious but all I could think was yeah I get the fears that you're having dad because oh my god what if he doesn't come down oh gosh what if what how am I gonna get this oh no he's a child I need to take care Oh no, what if he falls? Oh no. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we have like the myth of Icarus. Yes. So, like, what's this kid gonna do? Right? <laughs> like, I love you and be free and express yourself, but also be safe. <laughs> right, right. So, like, you know. Yeah, it was very, very good short. I think it was kind of hard at the end, like, Dad accepted his son, but everybody in the park was still very still and mm-hmm. yes. observers. And yes. That was kind of like, oh, there's not that community acceptance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we've we've talked a little bit about how the importance of like being Mm -hmm. like when you are othered Mm -hmm. you can make a community of those who are othered Mm -hmm. and that is a community but Mm -hmm. if you aren't bringing the othered into the Mm -hmm. main community something is missing i don't remember what film we talked about that with but i know we've talked about on the podcast before Mm -hmm. oh was it 
The most recent? When Nightmare Before Christmas? No. no. This was a long time ago. Okay. Was Maybe it was early. Dumbo. It might have been Dumbo. Mm, oh, um, yeah, it might have been. I remember we also mentioned it in the context of Frozen, because mm-hmm. um, that's one of the things that I think about with Let It Go and mm-hmm. Elsa, um, her being isolated and then brought back into the community. Mm-hmm. And, like, the difference between freedom and choosing who you are, but, like, participating in society mm-hmm. is a thing that is healthy. But anyway, obviously we're not going to fix how people treat autism mm-hmm. in one short but, um, but hopefully, you short. know, maybe a few people can have a new perspective yeah. on something yeah. they might not have been like, you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, when you're in the grocery store and a kid's having a screaming fit and you're just like tired and in your PJ pants and want to go to bed and annoyed at everything because life is stressful. Mm-hmm. And so that makes it more stressful. And so you don't have as much grace for a parent. And so like maybe somebody watching this can be like, okay, maybe next time I'll take yeah. a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I really wish... Um, like we started watching this and I was like, dang, I wish I had binged Raising Dion before mm. I'd seen this short. Um, cause I would love to compare them. Yeah, yeah. Because it really immediately reminded me of the premise of that show, which mm-hmm. I'm glad is finally out there in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. So. And that one's on Netflix. It's not that, Disney Plus. It's true. And yeah. so more people have that one. <laughs> I don't know. Disney Plus has a lot of subscribers. What is the ratio Disney Plus subscribers to Netflix subscribers? I don't know. That'd be an interesting statistic to look up. Yeah. I mean, because I know that there is a cell phone pro- provider who is giving Disney Plus to their people for free. Yeah. 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 Wow. I think it's a Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to name them, but yeah. Is Verizon, yeah. Really? I yeah. have Verizon. How am I not going to... Yeah. I have to do a specific contract. Yeah. F- I have to leave right now immediately. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. No, a friend a friend who hasn't made it sound like it's like if you have the unlimited data plan. Oh, we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a very specific Verizon contract. Um, you can... Yeah. Verizon contract can get you Disney Plus for a year. If you're a Disney cast member and mm-hmm. you want to give up your park tickets, you can have Disney Plus for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, if you do a, a cost uh, breakdown analysis of that, the cost does not no, equate. No, no. Um, That's ridiculous. Are you I'm so mad. Gosh, uh, Disney. So you don't have enough money to give all of your employees free Disney Plus. You do. Because you're Disney. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so... Mm-hmm. That's what we watched, and we should probably go watch our feature next. Which is Beauty and the Beast. Which we're very excited about. Um, when was the last time you watched Beauty and the Beast, Annika? It's been a while. Wait, I have an important question. Yes. When was the first time you watched Beauty and the Beast? Well. This is why I asked you to do this. I know, I kind of figured it was. (laughs) Um, So Beauty and the Beast was the very first movie I ever saw in theaters. Oh my gosh, didn't that come out in like 1991? It did. But weren't you born in 1991? Oh my gosh, I was. What? How old were you? I was literally six months old. So (laughs) ask me details about my memories and experience of that. Yeah, don't have any because my brain wasn't forming those yet. <laughs> my parents, I guess, wanted to go see Beauty and the Beast, and I wasn't a fussy baby. <laughs> so, what did they take? Because you have an older sister. I do have an older sister. I don't know if she went with us or not. What? Well, I mean, if they had a sitter, why would they take you? I have no idea because I wasn't fussy. <laughs> Your sister was. I'm not going to call her out on the internet in front of everyone. Yes. Uh, What was the last time you watched it? (sighs) 
It's been years for sure. I honestly don't think I've watched it since. I don't VHS. Like, did you did go to the 3D release with me, right? Were you in Cambridge when that happened? Oxford. I went to Oxford. Whatever. Excuse you. All across the pond. Across the continent in a pond. Across the continent inside of a pond. (laughs) (laughs) I found this weird sword. It's really crazy. They call it, they say I'm the king of all England now. I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) Um, I think I was away because I don't remember doing that with you. Yeah, I don't know. It's one... I feel like a lot of the Disney Princess movies I have watched recently because I've worked on a costume from it. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't worked on any Beauty and the Beast costumes. Mm. It was just never like, I'm not going to do that freaking ball gown because right. I don't have Yellow. hundreds of dollars <laughs> and that much time on my hands. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> oh my gosh, even just the wig would be so much money. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Yeah, it's been a it's been a while since I've watched it. Okay, I think that seeing it in 3D, I think was the last time that I saw it. They did the 3D release, and I remember being very mad because I sat next to someone who I will not name on air, um, but who sang along through the entire film, and I was like, "Cool, I'm never taking you to a movie again." Uh, Brooke, when was the last time you watched Beauty and the Beast? We have it on DVD, and I think I watched it a couple of years ago when I had a friend stay with me during Thanksgiving break, and we watched a bunch of Disney movies she hadn't seen before. I feel like we watched it then. Nice. Um, Might have been more, I don't know. I mean, I've been hearing the music a lot lately, Uh because that's what my dad's students are doing for the musical this year, (laughs) that he's doing Beauty and the Beast. Nice, nice. So I feel like it's been in my head. Already. Okay. Well, that's good. You'll have a familiarity with it. Doc and I will catch up. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to the Broadway musical oh. soundtrack quite ooh, a bit. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Because I love those Beast reprises that they don't have in the cartoon. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. We Have we all seen the live action? No. No. Okay. You haven't seen the live I've action? I've never seen the live action. Bless. Then we don't have to talk about it at all. So we will not be discussing the live action film in the least. I might snipe at Emma Watson once or twice. I love her. I might snipe at her once or twice. But we're not going to discuss the live action. Yeah. So great. Here we go. Let's go watch Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like this plane. We are indeed. I definitely had to sneeze as soon as I hit record. Anyway, that's gone now. Okay. <laughs> You're powerful. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so we watched Beauty and the Beast, and it was lovely. Lovely, in fact. I forgot, like, just how, like, I don't think we've watched anything with this much attention to detail since mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, I think that's absolutely accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, attention to detail, just stunning what they did with animation mm-hmm. for the time. Music was off the charts incredible. Mm-hmm. There were five songs nominated for Best Original P- Picture in 1992. Three of them were from Beauty and the Beast, and it won. Yeah, or so Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Best Original, original Song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It was also the first animated picture ever to be nominated for Best Picture, and it was robbed. Yeah, by Silence of the Lambs. Um, Which is a very good movie, to it be is. fair. It, it is. is hard to put those in the same category and say right, which right. is a better movie. Well, especially <laughs> Silence of the Lambs does a lot of really good cinematography that's very Academy yeah. oh, absolutely. It, favorite yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's not really a surprise that yeah. regardless of animation versus live action, Silence of the Lambs outperformed mm-hmm. yeah. the Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, no, even if it... They're just such different... Yeah. Like, I don't know that saying, like, a, one's live action, one's animated, you can't compare. Like, I think it's more like no, no, no. one's a mystery horror thriller right, and right, one's right. But we've romantic done a lot. We've been, we've been salty about it a lot no, here. We so. criticize the way the Academy treats animated films. Yes. Oh, no. Which is absolutely. So. And that's what I meant by compare. Like, yeah. regardless of it being animated and how the Academy mm-hmm. treats animated films. Yeah. However, even though they did create the best animated film, um, category after this, two animated, two more animated films have been nominated for Best Picture since Beauty and the Beast. None of them have won, but they've at least been nominated. Yep, Up and Toy Story three. I don't know why Toy Story three was nominated, but we could talk about thought, that when we get there. Yeah, I, I could see why Up was nominated. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Just such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Beauty and the Beast. So we open with a gorgeous, gorgeous forest shot. Perfect. Which this shot. I think was this the first one to go in 3D of the Disney films in 3D that they did those brief re-releases of Beauty and the Beast. And I Lion don't King. know. I don't seem to think I watched any of them. Alright. Well, I went to all of them, I think. Which I guess is just Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. Um but this shot in 3D was absolutely gorgeous. Because oh. it has the depth. Oh, that, like, Beauty and the Beast had, or sorry, the depth that Sleeping Beauty also had with the forest and, like, the pans, and it's just so beautiful. I can only imagine, like, yeah. that would have been freaking gorgeous. I think the rest of the film, I was like, eh, <laughs> whatever. But the opening shot was You're very like, worth beautiful. it. <laughs> worth the ridiculous money I paid to sit in a theater to watch this game. It wasn't that ridiculous back in those days. Yeah, it's true. It's gotten so much worse since then. And it's yep. only been a few years. Mm-hmm. 10 years almost mm-hmm. yeah don't say things like that <laughs> speaking of inflation i saw a nice ad that said disney parking was 25 cents at disneyland goodbye i have to leave now <laughs> i'm very upset and i have to go scream into the void <laughs> oh my gosh this is 1955 yeah mm-hmm. yeah no you started saying 25 and i was like yeah, that sounds like what it is now. I don't understand. <laughs> and then you said the word sense, and my brain broke. <laughs> but anyway, so Beauty and the Beast, stained glass opening shot, absolutely stunning. Um, yeah. Beautiful. We debated a lot while we were watching, like, how long has this been a spell? How old is the Beast? <laughs> has he aged? Mm-hmm. What's the deal here? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys think? Because I feel like this, like, the way you understand the spell totally has to inform how you interpret the beast and his character. I mean, I've always just kind of gone along with the one was like, well, yeah, if if it's until he's 21 and Mm -hmm. we, and like, you know, it's weird because I've never seen Bell's Enchanted Christmas, I don't think, but apparently that's where that comes from, that it had been 10 years. Mm-hmm. 
which would make him 11 at the time, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, all children are monsters around that age. Mm-hmm. Like, 11 to, 11 to 15, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like, you can't judge a child. Like, I was thinking about that, especially since I was, my brain was already mm-hmm. on the shame train mm-hmm. of noticing mm-hmm. all shame mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> and honestly, like, I was just like, the Enchantress is the villain of the Beast story. Because she says, you're a garbage person, so I'm going to make you look like a garbage person on the outside. And he's like, I'm a child and my brain's still developing, but you called me a garbage person. So now I guess I'm a garbage person? <laughs> like, I feel like, though, the there's a lot of debate on, like, how the castle is punished because the prince was a jerk. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, they're the ones who were, like, having to raise him and take care of him. But if you think of, like, the function of a castle, which is for protection, and if a mm. lady shows up in a storm and says, hey, I'm here for shelter, that means that the prince turned her away and said, like, no, you're too ugly to stay. Like, you are old and gross and ugly, mm-hmm. and I don't want you here. Mm-hmm. And that means all of the servants also said, yes, you are too gross and ugly, and we don't want you here. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like punishing the castle in that sense really isn't that out of place if we're talking about, like, the norms of hospitality, and I don't know that you can, like, reasonably excuse an 11-year-old for leaving someone out in a storm to suffer when your entire home is built to protect the people in your community. Like... That is absolutely fair. We are both extrapolating a lot (laughs) from what is actually present in this film. This is also true. This is also true. But I do... I think there is definitely... Like, when we first meet the Beast, we do mm-hmm. get a lot of that, where he's like, oh, she'll never love me because I'm a right, Beast. Right, right. And so he acts really ugly because he has been... So I just, I think but there is But I think that that's also supposed to be how he was. Like, he valued appearance. And so when he lost his appearance, he doesn't have value in himself. Like, not... Yeah, but, like, also... Like, even culturally to have that, like, yeah, that's like a good point. on appearance. Like, it's a still a point. problem and people right. feel shame over that right. every single sure. day Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. Um, and so just, like, and so they, he acts out because of yeah. that shame and that mm-hmm. he was like, okay, I don't have to be ashamed of my looks because mm-hmm. I look good. <laughs> but then he looks bad and so he kind of doubles down on it. <laughs> yeah. I could, like, I don't know. I just had, like... <laughs> Yeah. I was like, okay, I see this. And I was just mm-hmm. like, what if I wrote a story from the Beast's mm-hmm. perspective in the Enchantress? Uh, there is one called Beastly. Um, mm-hmm. And it goes into the Beast and the Enchantress's perspective. I was going to talk about when we got to Gaston. Um, you should read it and then write your own. Yeah, um, uh, yeah but- no, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, you were going to say it when we got to Gaston, but here we are early. <laughs> yeah. um, but because Gaston is the Beast's best friend before... Yeah. Oh. They, like, know each oh, other. Damn, and then like Gaston, that. like, forgets about him. And, like, they kind of touch on that in the live-action film. Like, the town forgets about the prince. Yeah. Well, they because, have to, because he's a freaking monarch. Right, like, how do you just have a prince in a giant castle and, like, this whole town just doesn't know that there's a castle yeah. in the woods, it's like, been three miles years. away? Yeah. Ten years ago, we had a monarch. Now we don't. I don't know. We're just, we have a mayor, maybe. Yeah, no, it doesn't yeah, make no, any there are, there sense. Yeah, no, there are some plot holes in this movie, <laughs> but that is okay, because there's I also mean, some really good stuff in this movie. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was interesting that they do, like, the, oh, Gaston, like, starts to forget his friend, mm-hmm. and then he remembers everything at the end. Ooh. After the curse is lifted, I think he, like, just leaves or something, but... Mm. 
just like, oh, this is embarrassing. Dip. <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend Beastly. Um, there's like a whole line of those Disney books. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. They always I come think, out around Halloween. They put them in the yeah, park. Yeah, I think the most recent one is the Ursula yes. perspective one. Yeah, I've seen that one. I haven't read. I've only read Beastly. I don't think I've read it. Mm. Maleficent has one. Mm. Um, and Ursula has one. Um, yeah. Don't know if any of the others do. Um, but what's interesting about Beastly, so I, why I want to read Ursula, um, in the story, it is Circe, I think, is the enchantress, the goddess Circe, who changes the forms oh, of okay. men into pigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. mythology, okay. yeah. Um, and her sisters are also in the story, and one of her sisters is the sea witch. Oh. Um, so I wonder if the Ursula one plays into that at all. It's really okay. interesting. I just um, have a discount ebook notification, and it kept coming up recently. <laughs> I did not get it though. <laughs> so now I'm regretting that a little bit. Library. Library. The place where you work. I work there. <laughs> so. So we have mixed opinions on whether the internet Yeah, is. But you made an excellent point um, of that it had actually started 10 years ahead of time. Then, like, how was Chip, Chip born? Yeah, Chip makes no sense if it's yeah. been 10 years. And yeah. so. And so another thing that we postulate is like, oh, maybe it froze in time, kind of like froze everyone's aging. It's like, if you can't get it right in 21 years, but then Enchanted Christmas has it's been 10. 10. So unless Belle was there for an additional 10 years to get to 21, mm-hmm. which did not happen. It, yeah, no. So this timeline just doesn't. Yeah. There's a there's like a really clear timeline within this movie where yeah. it's like they, he gets lost in the snow. Uh-huh. And, yeah, it goes from, like, fall to through winter, and then it's, like, raining at the end, mm-hmm. presumably spring. Springish, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she spends the whole winter at the castle. Yeah, it's a few months. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess during that winter is when they celebrate Christmas, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's in, when that Enchanted yeah. Christmas would be. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I guess, like, he wouldn't have been for 21 years, so I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's magic. We're all done. It's magic. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet Belle. I love that song. That was one of the ones nominated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a really good one. I just, oh man, I just love the whole town. They're all really great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I think I was, cause I feel like it's weird coming back to rewatch this movie because I haven't seen it in so long. And what I've done since then is read a lot of hot slash cold takes on the internet about, <laughs> <laughs> about, yes dissecting oh the whole town's the worst oh bell's the worst oh yeah um and these books i don't know i just had these notes that are just like there's nothing wrong with provincial life and there's nothing wrong with not wanting that no but like i do feel that there is some like we're supposed to identify with bell who wants out and who wants yeah, to go well, somewhere and that's a very much like a 90s protagonist right is mm-hmm. like oh, i don't feel like i fit in here mm-hmm. i want to find somewhere i do fit in mm-hmm. like we see that with ariel mm-hmm. we see that with bell we're mm-hmm. gonna see it with jasmine mm-hmm. um and pocahontas yeah. like and mulan like mm-hmm. this is very much our generation's hero is mm-hmm. someone who doesn't fit in and i don't know if that comes from like a lot of the writers and artists are coming out of a period of conformity Mm -hmm. in the 80s um, where maybe they felt like they didn't fit in. Like, I don't, I think Mm -hmm. that that's a trope of its time because of the time it exists in. Yeah. And I think that's why so much of us, like, in our generation are very much like, hey, I make myself fit. Like, Mm -hmm. 
I choose my community. I pick where I belong mm-hmm. because we came out of these stories of not belonging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And I do. And, and some of it, even in myself, like I've seen like mm-hmm. that, not like other girls yeah. a little bit oh, where yeah. I think it is that where we like get the spotlight on Belle or she's like, she's not like the rest of this town. Right. And so I was like trying to like separate, like, am I just thinking that because of mm-hmm. these hot takes I've read on the internet or uh, no, it's there. It's, it's there, there a little bit. Oh, it's definitely there when we see... What are the girls' names? They have a the name. Bim, they're, they're the Bimbets. Yeah, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Are they... Actually... That's oh, how they're credited. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, the overall sentiment of wanting to escape the provincial life, like, I think that's, like... Yeah, it is a theme of its time, but I think it also, like, it makes more sense coming from Howard Ashman, like, right. where... You know, this yeah. is still a time where, for some people, a provincial life is a death sentence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah, and he didn't write the story, but this is very yeah. much his song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. and just like we don't know everyone who worked on this, and everyone nope. who worked on the story, and what mm-hmm. their you know stories yeah. are, sexualities. Like it is a time. Ninety one is a yeah. time where this is percolating, and people are mm-hmm. done. <laughs> and I think that it can be both, right? It can be like, hey, you want to get out, you want to fit in, you don't feel like you fit in here, and. That's a valid feeling. Mm-hmm. And it can also be like, mm, Belle's not like other girls, and that's why we're going to like her, and she's different. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, maybe we've outgrown that part yeah. of the yes. story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Where it's just like, wow, I still identify with Belle. I still love right. her very much. I get why this didn't sit well with me as I was learning things. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, we have three real, or I guess we have four women characters. We have the Bimbets, mm-hmm. who are one character, Huey, yes. Dewey, and Louie. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Belle, who is the smart one, not like other girls. Mm-hmm. We have Mrs. Mrs. Potts, who's the motherly matron figure, and the Enchantress, who's the, like, mystical ethereal one like and and uh the maid the sweeper the duster oh the duster yes the french the duster french she's the most french and the most harlot do i have to donald duck out that way <laughs> i don't think so okay. i don't think that's a word he um, <laughs> it's not a word i might say in front of my students oh, I yes. guess, which is where i was like oh, can i say this on air <laughs> she Owns her sexuality, which is fine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also she is only her sexuality, Correct. which is not great. <laughs> Especially since it's only in play against Lumiere's sexuality to emphasize the fact that they are French. They are French and he is not gay. <laughs> oh, yes, he is not gay with uh, Cogsworth. Do not worry about their relationship at all. It is not gay. <laughs> they are not an old married couple. It is, it is not a openly polyamorous bisexual relationship at all. Do not worry about this thing. <laughs> there is a great car commercial. Um, I don't even remember what feature of the car they're advertising, but a guy gets a text from his friend that's like, hey, what are you up to? So he looks at the text message. It's like morning, afternoon-ish. He gets in his car and just drives the rest of the day until it's nighttime to his friend's house. And then he knocks on his friend's door. His friend opens the door and he goes, not much. How about you? And so I was like, did you just answer my text in person? And he's like, yep. And then, like, come on in. And, like, it definitely looks really gay. Except when he opens the door for his friend, a woman walks into the background and just stands there. And that's it. Like, okay, car commercial. (laughs) She had no lines. She had no role except to stand there and remind audiences. No homo. No homo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I'll bet you anything. There is a version they filmed that did not have her in it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, like, wait a second. Ooh, we need to refilm this one shot. That's it. <laughs> That's how I felt about Cogsworth Club of Beer this entire film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I remember when they announced the live action, like, there's going to be gay in the live one. And it was like, Lumiere and Cogsworth, Lumiere and Cogsworth. And they did it. Yeah. And it was and really it was, it was um, uh, LeFou, right? Yeah, yeah, it was LeFou. And Please. it was like a one-sided love with Gaston. They do kind of give him a guy in the end. I'm yeah. not sure if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. There's a lot of issues with that, but um, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Bella's weird. She doesn't fit in. And I definitely thought of the short we'd watched. I was like, oh, fitting that we yeah, watched Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking that, too. I was like, yeah. My brain was like, we're on to a new thing now. <laughs> Focus. And I was, like, playing with, like, what if Bella was autistic? But she... Is not. She, no. She's far too, like, socially competent. Aware. Yeah. Um... But it was interesting, like, oh, what would this be like? Like, Belle as an autistic character, like, really not fitting into this provincial life. I thought that was really interesting. That'd be really fun. And, like, the escapism Mm -hmm. books. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then... Although, actually, she might still be autistic, because there is... Autism does... Can present Mm -hmm. differently in um, girls than a lot of the common diagnosis and, like, that escaping into fantasy Mm -hmm. and often, like, becoming a social savant in many ways Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. is more common in women... Um, yeah. Maybe a little autistic. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. I mean, I know some women. I've got a friend. She wasn't diagnosed until her 30s. Wow. Wow. But anyway, Belle doesn't fit in, and her dad is also weird. Mm-hmm. But everything's going to be great, because they're going to get out of the provincial town. Mm-hmm. It's true. Which is interesting. <sighs> Never mind. She seems to think... Stopping, because I was going to think live action, but we're just Yeah. Not so she's thinking it. it's because <laughs> her dad's going to become a world-famous inventor. Mm-hmm. They'll get out of the town. You know, mm-hmm. his his automatic wood chopper thing is going to make them money. Mm-hmm. It's actually really genius. Yeah. <laughs> like, as a kid, I did not realize. Like, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, my... This is a game changer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. It seems to have, genius. seems to have a very yeah. specific function, though, that doesn't really yeah. eliminate tree chopping. But it works for what it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to, like, get logs. Yeah. You still have logs on the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very good. It's a very clever yeah. invention. And all its bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. And Gaston is the worst. He's pretty awful. I can't stand women who are like, I just want a Gaston. I'm like, like don't understand. Like, you can have a man who maybe isn't too bright, maybe is really good at hunting, and is dirty and, like, mm-hmm. buff. That's fine. Gaston is, like, designed to be, like, anti-consent. That's his whole character. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what my first note is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Gaston equals the toxic Travis McElroy. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what it Tra- means. Travis McElroy is the non-toxic Gaston. Are you saying Travis McElroy is a himbo? I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a bimbo, but a boy. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I. He knows his value. Yeah. Um. But like, doesn't make it vain. Like. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Buck's gender norms. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Gaston's the worst. His song's pretty great, but oh. Gaston is the worst. It is It is a good song. He proposes, and Belle says no. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And he's he said like he tells her, you know, the woman should have read the books and the thinking. And yeah. then she's like, wow, you're real primeval. Thank you. Which I guess means that Gaston doesn't think much of men reading either. No, not so much. Not big on books. Even though they have a pretty decently stocked bookstore. Yeah. Oh. Like, for a provincial town. I was thinking about that. I was like, when did she even learn to read? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Beast doesn't even know how to read. I know. I think the implication is that he forgot. Mm. I think it's that he never learned. Um, Lindsay was never devoted to his studies. That's Um, also... But we'll have to determine that when we watch Enchanted Christmas. Yes. that's where it comes up. I think I just think that because that's the way it is in Robin McKinley's version. Uh. (laughs) That it's been hundreds of years in her version, Mm -hmm. and he has forgotten how to read. Makes sense. (laughs) I think if I had big, meaty paws and claws, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to read either. Yeah, it would be really hard Mm -hmm. to turn those pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I think of, like, reading with acrylic nails. It's not an easy task Mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. And imagining, like, parchment, old books, you don't have Mm -hmm. extra copies. I might... Not read for a while. <laughs> yeah. Or have people read to me. Yeah. First, yeah, you brought up a good, one of my favorite things about Robin McKinley's beauty is like, like for some reason, the thing that just always sticks with me is that she got to read screw tape letters in that, in that. Um, oh, did she really? Yeah, she read screw tape yeah, letters in that library. Huh. That's really funny. Yeah. I love Robin McKinley. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend both of her retellings of Beauty and the Beast, which are Beauty and Rose Daughter. Both good. But going back to nails, we need to talk about the real inconsistency in this movie that no one is talking about. Belle's nails? Belle's perfect nails? Yeah. Are people talking about this? No, but what I knew where it? you were going because I noticed them. Yes. She's the only, like, her father's inventing all day, I think. Yeah. So she's taking care of the goats and the chickens and the horse and the, dish. and the land and the dishes and the food. And she's the got wash. these perfect almond-shaped nails yep. that are way too long to be practical. Yep. I was distraught. <laughs> <laughs> like, none of us here have finger, like, keep our nails longer than our fingertips. I'll tell you a thing. I have I tried. <laughs> I hate it so much. If I get them done, if I can keep up gels, but I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. Well, I also just genetically have paper-thin nails. That's fair. But also, the moment I, like, touch something or grab something, it, like, bends back and then it's broken off. Yeah. Like, I have one friend who has, like, strong nails. Like, crazy. Well, and she keeps them nice, neat, almond-shaped, just like Belle does. Like, right? Can you get Brie? I'm not thinking oh, Brie. Oh, I was thinking Brie. Because Brie. Brie worked really hard to get her nails that way. Yeah, My friend Hannah Fearheller, like, way. the six-foot one. Yeah, 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 yeah. She has just crazy strong nails. Oh. Um... They get dirty and gross because she's a human being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brie has really sharp nails and she keeps them almond shape all on their own natural, mm-hmm. but it does take a lot of work on her part. Yeah. I tried and mine still broke off. <laughs> <laughs> See, even if I could, I wouldn't because it just bugs me. I'm oh. Like, I just want to use my fingers. I love having long nails. It Actually, it makes sewing a lot easier. It's mm-hmm. easier to pick at thread and to mm-hmm. grab fabric and actually it's a lot easier having nails. Mm-hmm. For all the things I do with my life. Um, even typing is easier with nails. See, I hate typing with nails. It takes the time I have them. Practice getting into it, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Belle should not have those nails. No. Mm-hmm. There would be 
goat poop underneath those fingernails. <laughs> Let me tell you a thing. Uh, I mean, there'd be goat poop in a lot of places. Yeah, that but we there don't isn't because she's wearing a white chemise under her yeah dress. And like a white okay, pristine apron, and those flats are super impractical. Okay, but at least they're flat. I was thinking about this. I was like, they don't have heels. No, they don't have heels. And you know what? I'm going to take it. Although, a more historically accurate might have been heels. This is French Rococo. Yeah, because, ev- like, not not even just goat poop. Human yeah. poop in, in the streets. And so you said, have to have heels to said, walk above it. I wasn't going to talk about the movie. Please do, actually, because I love hearing but things like, about the movie. Could you imagine if they had done a French Rococo design properly for Belle's dress? Okay, we aren't going to talk about that because that's been over-talked. But I just want to like think about like how lovely a real proper French Rococo. I mean, we could talk about the terrible talk- attempt to force gay subtext into Lufu and Gaston's relationship, but... I, just I mean, are we talking like a... a real beautiful... Like a, like a true, like, robe a la Francaise? Yeah, with, like, the belle lace sleeves yes. and, like, the bows up the corset and, like, done with, like, the incredible pan- gold embroidery. And the panniers. You wouldn't see them. Really. But no, but I'm but, saying, but they yeah. would be there. Yeah, like, you know, you would need a double wide door to get yeah. through. Yeah, be so nice. Yes, or like a hoop skirt that was so big it needed wheels. Ah, what a concept! Life bird in the hairstyle. Yeah, <laughs> do that too. Ah, that is beautiful. that is possibly a person. No, it's only inanimate objects that are people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. Have, we were we were starting to get real worried. And like, the, how, how much of the cutlery as the chair as the table? What is going on I here? Don't know. Yeah, her bed the, spread. Her bed. The spoons dance during yeah the be our guest scene. The knives fight. and then and then they're eating oatmeal or soup or whatever later. Uh huh. With spoons. Yep. In their mouth. Yep. <laughs> that thing is alive. Is the bowl alive? I don't know. Chase. <laughs> It's worrisome. It's really worrisome. It's, was, it's like cars. If you think about it too long, it all becomes horrifying. So, um, but and I love, I, I love when Belle um, shuts down Gaston. She says, "I just don't deserve you." She knows her Such worth. a good line. Mm-hmm. Such a good line. It's like, and he's Boy. too dumb to understand what she means. I think he understands what she means mm-hmm. at that point. Oh, I yeah. think. It's a challenge for him now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. care, like... Yeah, because yeah. she has something to be possessed. Ugh. About the uh, good representation, like, Belle may not be autistic, but they do have representation of a men's rights activist. Indeed, <laughs> 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 in the beast, so... Gaston is true MRA representation. <laughs> Actually, I really was like, we had that whole thing with Gaston, and I was like, man, I hope when we get to the beast, like... We get some cool, like, parallelism about consent. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is 91. I'm currently biased because I just watched a cartoon that did consent really well. And I forgot that it's now 2019. And the Beast is still not great about consent yeah. in a few places. I was yeah. like, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Of that conversation later, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, There's some problems. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like... Belle is technically never forced to do anything that she doesn't want to do, mm-hmm. ultimately. But he does try. Yes. And he's never really, like, 
berated. He's berated for losing his temper, but mm-hmm. not for insisting. Yeah. yeah. Past yeah. past her comfort point. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. But uh, the I loved... The, so, Be Our Guest was fun. Uh, this The chandelier was CG, and I hadn't noticed Beautiful. that before. It's really fun, like... It's, well, the CG is much more obvious on high definition. Oh, yeah. But it's still beautiful. It's still really it's nice. It, so it's the CG ballroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, like I had never noticed that either of those were CG before. And seeing it in the ballroom, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so well done. The ballroom is absolutely I wonder, stunning. I wonder how long it took to render one frame. <laughs> in 91? I don't know. I couldn't even begin to imagine. I want to rewind a little bit back to... Belle agreeing to stay. Yes, that was a weird moment. Yeah, it is. Okay. So, and pretty sure traditionally, she does not offer herself. I believe her father offers her, right? I believe it's the beast saying, Oh. You could, I'll let him go if you stay because he needs a wife to break the curse. And he goes, Oh, oh, dang. What are the. (laughs) A young woman. I read, I don't know if it's the Peralt version. Um, but the father picks a rose from the beast's garden. Yes. Um, yes, 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 yes and yes. then he is punished. And as punishment, he gives up one of his daughters yes. to the beast. But usually the beast demands it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He demands yeah, a the, daughter. The, the, picture, the picture book. I, yeah. I, I thought I remembered the father yeah. suggesting no, daughter, but I can have it wrong. No. I think, I think it just comes out that he has yeah. daughters. Okay. And so yeah. the beast and goes, then, oh, well, because he's picking it for his daughter. His daughter. And he goes, oh, I was just picking it for my daughter. It's all she wanted. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then he goes, okay, fine. You can yeah. keep, well. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then he takes it home. And then the other two, the older two sisters are like, dad, how did you, how could you do this to us? Yeah. They're like, oh, this is awful. And the youngest one volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think that's the, I don't know who wrote the one collected in the Anderling Blue Fairy book, but that's the one in the Blue Fairy book. It's not the plural one. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're wealthy and they lose their wealth. And then, yeah, and that's so the it's, one. it's the, it's, that's the one that's retold in Beauty by Robin McKinley. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's the one that's um, in my, in my picture book that I'll have to show you later because it's beautiful. Um, yeah, that's not the plural one, but um, so speaking, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Going back to that scene. So that yeah. was new. The whole dungeon and everything yeah. was invented for this. Yeah. But what I really, really liked about this whole thing is that, well, first of all, she suggests it. It's yes. neither of the men yeah. saying, "It's a good point." Hey, we can do this. Um, and she's like, "Okay, I will stay. Let him go." Yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, Maurice is like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, and even the beast is hesitant about it because he's like. Mm, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> um, but then he agrees to it, and I just really liked the scene where, um, or the moment when um, he's like, okay, like, if you agree to this, I'll let him go. Um, and then Belle, before she finally agrees, says, come into the light. Yeah. So, so she like, knows what she's getting she into. She knows. Like, she isn't just, like, closing her eyes and jumping in. She's like, right. she's two feet on the ground, both eyes open. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's brave. Like, it I don't is. know, oh, man. It absolutely like, is. Here's what <sighs> I, weirds me out is that, like, I guess Maurice was trespassing. Mm-hmm. But this beast has taken him prisoner for life. Mm-hmm. Like, Belle should just be able to be like, I apologize for my father's mistake. Didn't mean to trespass. I would like to take my father and go. 
thank you, have a good day, sir. Like, this whole thing is invented. Like, she has to stay, and mm-hmm. I get it. But the whole invention of, like, him being a prisoner and her taking his place as prisoner just mm-hmm. feels be as sensible. It feel it, it, I don't know. Well, that is actually part of one of the original fairy tales is that he picks a rose and he says, well, you stole my stuff, mm-hmm. so you're my prisoner now. And then it comes out, that, oh, I was just getting it for my daughter. Fine, your daughter's my prisoner now. Yeah. Um, so that's not that. It's just a weird exchange. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> but I still... I like it. I think that you made some very, very good points about Belle, and I agree with them. Yes, and, like, that's, it's actually really nice coming back to it, because I think what I've had for years, since I haven't rewatched it, is this negative, like... Other people making decisions for her. Yeah, yeah other people, like, all the negative things about the movie. Like, yeah. there are plot holes, we've talked about many of them already. <laughs> um, her nails, for one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, like... Man, I forgot how strong she was. Yeah. Especially, like, after she was like, bye, I'm out, like, I can't do this anymore, and comes back and is caring for him, yeah. and he's, like, growling and shouting, and he clearly has the power in this situation, because he could maul her to death in a moment. Yeah. Um, but she's shouting back, and yeah. she's, like, going toe-to-toe with him while all the servants are, like, cowering in the corner. She's like, no, like, yeah. this is where it's at. And I was just like, yeah, this is why, like, Belle is lasting. Yeah. Like. Well, even their exchange behind the door is so funny, because, like, he shouts at her, like, come down here. And she's just like, no, I don't want to. And they're like, you need to be polite. And so he, like, forces out his polite request, and she says, no, thank you. <laughs> like, she, yeah. where he thank is, you. she matches where he is. Yeah. She's like, I'm not giving you any more than what you give me. Um, and I it's very good. like her a lot for that. She, uh, her Mercury is Leo, so that's for sure. <laughs> Don't know anything about else about her star signs, but her Mercury is in Leo. She's an Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. With a moon in Aries. Mm-hmm. Yes, Okay. I'm there now. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, no. We should talk about uh, the duet. Um, something there that wasn't there before. It's so good. such a good song. And the moment I realized that I've tried so hard to deny that I'm Belle, but I am Belle in so many stupid ways. <laughs> and it was the moment where she, like, ducks behind the tree and she's like, oh, no, I'm having feelings. <laughs> and her response is to throw a snowball at him. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's a mood. <laughs> Don't catch these feelings. Yeah. I skate away from them quickly. <laughs> Uh, I love that song so much. I, I don't think it's as good as Beauty and the Beast. Like, objectively, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast is higher art, more dramatic, more effect. Like, Beauty and the Beast is probably better, but I like ben, what? something there that wasn't there before. It's a better story. The songs. I was like, it's a better the st- movie Beauty and the Beast <laughs> is better than what? You keep saying Beauty and the no, Beast. Beauty, Beauty and the Beast in a song is a better song. Than but, something there that wasn't there before. But, but something I there is a, is a better there. story song. Yeah, I just love it. It just makes me warm inside. Mm-hmm. It's such a sweet song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like such a good partnership mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Which we don't get a lot of those mm-hmm. in yeah. the love songs until now. Mm-hmm. I think this... And then... Well, I think we'll hit one or two more partnership mm-hmm. love songs as we go. 
Um, but I really mm-hmm. like this one. It's like mm-hmm. so sweet. And we get to see like his side in the, you know, mm-hmm. story. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I feel like we don't, we get a lot of a princess perspective and mm-hmm. it's inconsistent getting the male perspective. Yeah, yeah. In I mean, these there, we did get quite a bit of Eric's perspective mm-hmm. and his struggle. And, and, and Philip. And mm-hmm. Philip, because Philip was much more interesting. Mm-hmm. He does. He's very active, especially very, in yes. the second half of the movie. He yeah. is a good boy. A good boy. Um, it's hard to uh, go from your uh, sleeping protagonist's perspective when that protagonist yeah. is, in fact, asleep. Yeah, for most of the movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, it happens. Um, and so Gaston is being terrible, still trying to get his way, manipulate people. Mm-hmm. So he is like... Meeting up with the asylum guy, like, hey, why don't you throw her dad into the asylum and then, like, I'll tell her that I can get him get him out if she marries me. And he's like, oh, man, that's 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 whack, dude. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really, of course, I really, it, didn't, it didn't sound anything like that because it's Tony J, best known for his uh, work as as Frollo. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Oh, oof. Man, I'm already signed up for too many movies. <laughs> I was about to ask if I can Oh, no, we already have someone for that. Yeah. I think Sorry. we had, though, like, three people ask to do Hunch... Mm, at least four. So we have the person who is signed up. Brie, Chris, and you also have mm-hmm. all signed up. But all listeners, I'm speaking one. to you directly now. <laughs> um, I'm doubting that any of those people have seen Hunchback of Notre Dame off-Broadway. I would bet Chris has. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's really good on stage. Okay. And I don't know if our guest has, but, you know, she's she's doing some cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just saying. It's really good mm-hmm. on stage. Um, but yeah, Cla- Claude Frollo as the asylum. Yeah. Member. Monsieur Doc. Yeah. It's how it's pronounced. D-apostrophe-A-R-Q-U-E. I did know that. Which is my dad. <laughs> my dad was like, oh, wait, how do you pronounce this when he was looking at it for his show? And I was like, it's pronounced Dark. He's like, oh, that's clever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, what was I saying about, oh, yeah, because, gosh, I was just taking a lot of notes about Gaston and his ability to use the patriarchy to his advantage. Uh Oh, yeah. Um, Because, especially because, like, obviously they didn't go this route in a movie for children who don't understand historical context. Mm -hmm. But essentially... If he could get her sole caretaker father locked up, mm-hmm. like, he would have all the power to mm-hmm. get her to marry him. Because mm-hmm. she's a single woman alone in the world mm-hmm. and has no right to own property. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was just kind of thinking about that. And I was like, oh, obviously, not a way you want to go in a Disney cartoon. No. <laughs> but, oh, just, he knows how to use... Yeah. The patriarchy to his advantage because he's at the top of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, definitely. And while we're talking about voice actors, Angela Lansbury is oh. Mrs. Potts. Let's not, not neglect to mention that. <laughs> I, I that's that's how I'm showing my appreciation these days. I don't know where it came from, but <laughs> yeah, yep. Alrighty. And then at the end, the beast turns back into. A dude with long red hair. It's red. It's very, very ginger. Red. Mm-hmm. He not. Very I thought red. he was a brunette. Mm-hmm. 
I always loved the Storming the Castle scene, though, when I was a kid. Like, yeah. I was never big on villain songs, mm-hmm. but I really did love the Storming the Castle it's scene. It's a good song. And, and I, the, like, energy of everybody defending the castle. Yeah. Oh, it's... And it's a good song, too. I wrote down a lyric that I had never caught before, which is, we don't understand it and it scares us. Yeah. And this beast is mysterious, at least. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, da- oh, da- Poignant day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As they're marching with their torches and pitchforks to the castle. And, and that's I was like, like that's so like putting it back in that context of provincial town and provincial life and mm-hmm. not feeling like you don't fit in mm-hmm. to this group and just uh Yeah, we're gonna side eye you. You're weird and mysterious at least. Yeah. <laughs> it this movie is very full of things that resonate mm-hmm. very deeply. Yeah. If you think about it for any short length of time. Honestly. And I, there are some things that should resonate deeply in the movie and, and don't. Uh, they don't address one lyric that uh, <laughs> I had never uh, thought too hard about before. I don't really want to go into this, but I want to leave it as a nugget in the minds of the readers. You're reading this, right? <laughs> this isn't an audio format. Oh my gosh! Oh no! It's okay. My, fa- my favorite, my favorite, my favorite podcast calls calls the audience their viewers. <laughs> their viewers, <laughs> amazing. Um, anyway, uh, when Lumiere says life is so unnerving for a servant who's not serving, yeah, I don't like that. And I was just like, "There's too much to unpack here. I'm gonna go lie down instead of trying to do." But that also made me think about, that line made me think about um, the Enchantress and, mm-hmm. like, if the servants are the ones who turned her away because they weren't doing their job. Yeah. Um, and I think you could at least spin that line, like, hey, they're employees, they're getting paid, and they're not able to do the jobs that they're supposed to be getting paid for. Yes. But, yeah, no, servants aren't great. And Yeah. Like, There's very much a tone of this is what we were born to do and what we're made to do yeah. and we love doing yeah. it and yeah. it's being a don't, servant don't like that yeah. and it's just like ooh. Yeah. yeah like there's a difference between like servant leadership and just like enjoying being a servant if that makes sense never mind yeah of, of no like of uh enjoying your job and being like what i enjoy doing is you know, um, hospitality and stuff like that. Like, that's essentially what they're doing yeah. is they're in the hospitality industry. Yeah, really. And, but, you know, they should get paid fair wages for it and have a life outside of being a candlestick yeah. and a clock. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, when we see them, they're in nice clothes, at least. Like, they don't seem like they're... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still. But, yeah, it is a, it is a, a line where you're like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I want to unpack that one. Yeah. I don't know. There was, like, in my brain, I was connecting it, too, with LeFou, because we had, like, just come from that scene with him being, like, abused Mm -hmm. by Gaston, and just this, like, does Gaston pay him? Is he Gaston's friend? Is he there because he loves him? That's Gaston. I, ugh, okay, movie. (laughs) New movie. Why would you add that? Because, no. Um, Yeah, and just this, like, servant we do it because we love it like even when they hit us and yeah like uh, yeah (laughs) yeah so Uh, yeah 
there are some things, there are great moments. We don't understand it, and it scares us. <laughs> and they're a mob, and it's great, and that is powerful and impactful. But there are some capitalism things that they just gloss right over. <laughs> yeah. Big time. But overall, lovely movie. Transformation to the end really is gorgeous. So good. Um, um, I was like, thinking, she's like standing there looking at this, like aghast. And yeah. I'm just like thinking like, okay, talking cutlery, I could get on board with. <laughs> this light coming out of your fingertips is a bridge too far. <laughs> Her face very much is like, I can't do this part. Like, I don't I'm know out. Like, this isn't, nope, no thank you. <laughs> I think it did always, that scene has never sat well with me. I think because of how her expression is animated. So I'm always, like, with her, like, oh, this is weird. I'm not supposed to like this. Yeah, her expression huh. is weird. And then he isn't as attractive as we're used to from a Disney Oh, parents. yeah. No, he turns and shows his face, and I'm like, oh, oh, we're supposed to be into that? Happy that he looks be- better like, now? <laughs> I think, like... He's very Fabio. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, I, like, maybe that made sense in the in the late 80s, early 90s, but I don't, yeah, I don't there see There was it. just a turn and a look, and I was like, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember we had the Beast uh, Barbie doll um, and Belle. Um, mm-hmm. and he was one of our only boy dolls. We had him and Peter Pan. We never had a Ken. But we hated him. You, did you have the Beast looked. Barbie doll or the human It was version? the human, but okay. it came with a Beast head that you could put on him. On oh, the human body? Yeah. I don't know if there was more. Like, maybe he had an outfit that went with hands? it. I don't remember. That's so strange. Okay. I think there were, like, these gloves. I don't remember. What mm. I do remember, though, is that we hated the way he looked so much that we had our dad cut his hair off. Um, so he had, like, spiked hair, which was much more in. In, uh, in the, the early 2000s. Late when 90s, I was early 2000s. It was, yes. Yeah, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Spike that hair. Get that Frost. gel in it. Frost yeah. those tips. Frost those <laughs> But then... You know, five years later, if you were still into pirate bees, like at that time, you would have been like, "Ah, oh, regretsy." Now it's all about the hair swoop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm so glad I rewatched this movie. Yeah, we're always happy to have you. Uh, I don't. I was just like, Belle was my princess growing up. Me too. Because. Well, Ariel's was my sister's because mm-hmm. that was her first in theaters movie. Mm-hmm. Belle was mine because it was my first in theaters movie. Mm-hmm. And I was reading all the time. Yeah, I Yeah, so it's like I was, you know, compared to Belle or like yeah. not like with Belle. She was my princess. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was really, really nice to come back to it and be like, oh, yeah, she still can be. Like that's yeah. still... Like, mm-hmm. I put her Leo and Mercury, because that's where mine is. Like, <laughs> Mercury and Leo. Um, and just, like, oh, yeah, no, I see this. Like, yeah, where she was someone, like, I could have looked up to if people hadn't told me that I was like her. Because then I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not uh, like her. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved Belle so much when I was a little girl that I wouldn't eat my breakfast unless my dad spoon-fed Belle on the TV first. Amazing. And I loved her all the way. She was on my, like, fifth birthday cake. It was Belle and Bees. And I loved her all the way until, I don't know, I guess I was in, like, in high school, and I was kind of over, like, being the bookish girl. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I didn't really have a Disney princess. And then it was Rapunzel. Because mm-hmm. she's artsy and fun and sweet. But after this rewatch, Belle's my girl. Can't deny 
Yeah, yeah no. Like, <laughs> I'm feeling her strong now suddenly. Yeah. Especially as, like, like because as a kid I was very, very shy. Mm. So it's taken me a long time to, like, like, I would never, like, if someone was like, hey, don't do that, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> but, like, to be like, actually, no, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Deal with it. Has taken, <laughs> so, like, now I'm like, oh, we are much more alike than I thought. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I think it has. It was super nice to come back and watch yeah. it together. Awesome. <laughs> so, Donica, do you have anything to plug? Uh, at Danica on many socials. D o n e e k a h. I do not post. Do not. <laughs> I do not post on many of the socials ever. So have fun following me there. Maybe someday I'll publish a thing and then I'll tell you about it. So yay. We'll definitely uh, write about it here. Yes. Yeah. Especially and if it's a fairy tale retelling. Like, oh yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you can, if you want to get in contact with us here, you can email us, um, drawnoutcast at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group, Drawn Out Chats. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Drawn Out Cast. Um, do you have the email? Drawnoutcast at gmail.com? That's what I did first. Uh, probably. I have well, you are listening. memory. <laughs> no, I was already thinking about all of the other social media. Okay. Facebook and Twitter and yeah. Instagram. And then you hit them and I was like, did we do the email? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you said that one first and so I didn't count it in my mental checklist. Okay. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, probably- sorry, I might have I might have mixed up the, the order this time. It's been I a don't while. know. We have an order? I didn't know we had an Well, because I'm always the one who does it and I've been I switching it up. Are. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I didn't think we had an order. <laughs> Well, anyway, if you want to find me consistently and for sure, post in the uh, Drawn Out Facebook group because I'll find it there. That's true. Donica is in our Drawn Out Facebook group. I am in there and I'm an old lady and Facebook is the thing I check the most out of all the social media. Because I'm elderly. (laughs) All right. Um, This has been a Drawn Out Closing. See you in podcast is in no way affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its subsidiaries. The views expressed in this podcast by its hosts and its guests belong solely to those people and are not in any way representative of Disney nor any of our employers. Thanks for listening.